Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. And our special guest today is Mari Reesberg. Uh, Mari is based in Denver, Colorado. She's a dance movement therapist, a creativity coach, and the host of the Sustaining Creativity podcast. And today, she's going to share the top five tips for sparking creativity. So welcome, Mari. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I am super excited to be here to chat about creativity and share the top five tips of sparking creativity with your listeners. I'm really excited. I mean, uh, this is a really interesting topic and I, I love creativity. So what's give us the number one tip. What do we, what do we need to do? <laughs> well, the number one tip for me is get outside and go for a walk or move your body in some fashion. So when we are able to change our environment, we're actually asking our system to start activating flexibility. And that really allows us to engage in new surroundings, which sparks new thoughts, new ideas, in turn, creativity in our system. One of your things is obviously um, dance and movement therapy. You yes. know, so, so you're saying go out for a walk. I mean, go out for a walk and put on some good hip hop music in your ears and bounce down the street. Sure. Or if that's not your style, <laughs> just go out for a walk, walk your dog, go out. I mean, it could even be go for a bike ride, some active movement of your body to break up some stagnation, to give your system the opportunity to reset. And that also allows your system, when I, your nervous system is what I'm speaking about, your nervous system to kind of recalibrate and give your brain the opportunity to take in new environments, colors, experiences, sounds, etc. It's interesting you say that, Mari. I live on uh, an acre and a half or 6,000 square metres, depending on what country you live in. Uh, and I mow the grass. Um, I have a ride-on mower and a push mower, and I call that my thinking time. And because you can't communicate, the, you know, the noise of the, the, the mower. And, but, but it's amazing the stuff that goes through my mind while I'm either pushing or riding uh, yeah. the mower. And, and it really, you know, I, I agree with you. And the other interesting one for me is as I'm dropping off to sleep, I often get the most amazing uh, flashes of brilliance. Absolutely. Many people find that they have their best ideas in the shower when they're doing a seemingly mundane task where their brain doesn't have to think about what they're doing. It's more of a habit, showering, mowing the lawn, falling asleep. You don't have to work very hard at it. Your brain isn't working very hard. So your subconscious part of your brain is actually more accessible during those periods in your life while you're doing a more mundane task, folding laundry, washing the dishes, mowing the lawn, getting ready for bed, falling asleep and taking a shower. So, so how do we have to dis do we have to disconnect when we're doing this? I mean, you know, because I see people walking in the park and their heads are down and they're texting and they, you know, they, they, they're not in their environment. They, they're in the park walking, but they, they're not present. Right. I think there's an opportunity for the intention. I'm going to activate or spark my creativity by going outside 
taking a walk. So I'm going to actively participate in that, that action versus I'm going to be on my phone or be listening to an audiobook or a podcast. I'm going to, with intention, go for a walk to clear my mind, to engage with the environment, to have a different experience than the one I was having previously. Okay, so let's move on to tip number two then. Uh, What's number two? Number two is writing by hand. So there's this really really amazing. I don't know. Our brains are incredible things. And when we write by hand, our brains receive different feedback from our motor actions than we do when we're typing on a keyboard. So by touching paper and a pen, it gives us very different feedback from feeling keys under our fingers. Um, You also, when writing by hand, understand a stronger, you have a stronger conceptual understanding of the material you're writing about than if you were typing it. Um, You're actually processing information in a different way. And writing by hand has been shown to increase memory and retention, but it also involves more sensations and motor neurons than typing does. Um, I don't know how many writers you talk to, but many writers feel that writing on a keyboard feels more like work and writing by hand feels like play. So there's more opportunity to play around with writing by hand or doodling or scribbling things out versus the, just the delete key. Um, So that is another, that's the second way to spark creativity. I mean, I have the world's Worst handwriting, my my mother and grandmother have always said I should have been a doctor with such bad handwriting. Um, <laughs> but, but but the truth of it is I, I, I write very little, mm-hmm. but I draw. So, uh, you know, so as a speaker, as, as a preparing, you know, keynotes, workshops, whatever, you know, in my actual office, which is, which is you know, around the, you know, 20 metres from where I'm standing now, there are stuck up on the wall a number of flip charts where I have where I have butcher's paper where I have drawn in multicolors the structure of my next talk. So there's very little words on that, but it's my engineering brain kicking in trying to be creative. Absolutely, and even if it's like pictographs, that's still using your hand and paper and writing by hand whether it's actual words or pictures or doodles, it, it activates the same components in our brain. Yeah, I find if I'm listening to a podcast or watching a, a training thing at my desk, I'll often, I will take notes. Uh, and that really, for me, helps cement the memory, which you, you commented on. So it's interesting, isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah. The other piece about kind of, you know, hearing someone lecture or listening to a podcast and taking notes is we're synthesizing information much faster than our hand can actually write it. So we're already processing and, you know, coming up with conceptualizing and understanding the information we're hearing while we're taking kind of those shorthand notes. It's interesting. So a few weeks ago, Lindsay actually attended a talk that I gave and it was low tech. So a lot of my speaker colleagues, our speaker colleagues around the world tend to be sort of high tech and using fancy PowerPoints or Prezi or something like that. And I did a two hour workshop 
totally low tech with with butcher's paper and multicolors of pens. Mm -hmm. And I've actually enjoyed developing my skill in being able to present like that. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's interesting that, you know, when you talk about the, the writing and the sparking creativity, I think when I present like that, because I'm drawing it out, it's allowing people in the audience to mimic my drawing at mm-hmm. the same time and same speed as opposed to flashing something up on a screen. Absolutely. You're activating different parts of the brain, different areas, uh, different sensations that people have based on color or shape versus showing a screen. So there, there's more interaction and more opportunity for other thoughts and ideas to come in when they're looking at someone actually writing or actually doing it and when they're asked to as well. So so let's go to, you know, so, so now we, we, we've gone for a walk, we've come back, we've written in our <laughs> journal. What's, you know, what's your third tip for sparking creativity? My third tip is playing a game or just play in general. And anytime we engage in play, be it small play or big, you know, imaginative play, creativity is sparked. Play allows people to come up with unique approaches to situations that you may not have thought of if you were reading a story or had a problem at the office to solve. But when we bring the idea or the experience of play into a situation, it allows individuals to express themselves in unique ways. And it also helps us to develop flexibility, a willingness to learn, problem solving, and the opportunity to create new designs when we engage with play. So let's explain play. What what do you mean by play? Do you mean play like a board game? Do you mean like a card game? Or or running around the backyard play? Um, All of the above. All of the above. Any, you know, there's um, Dr. Stuart Brown, who is kind of the the play guru, he talks about seven different types of play. So there's rough and tumble play, imaginative play, game play, the other four I'm not going to remember off the top of my head right now, but there's so many different types of play and different versions. And I think for many adults, when we hear the word play, that's relegated to children. Adults don't play. This is only for kids. But as adults, we do a fair amount of daydreaming or imagining new things or how things could be. And that is a form of play, that imagination play. It may not look like us taking an object and turning it into something else, like often children do with a cardboard box. It becomes a pirate ship or it becomes something else for them. So as adults, it does take a little more effort but it can still be activated by playing a board game or a card game, getting out of that routine and incorporating a little more fun into your, your day. So a number of my speaking colleagues and have been coaching me um, recently on a methodology called LSP, Lego Serious Play. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming more and more accepted worldwide, but they actually use this LSP or Lego Serious Play methodology in corporate settings, in facilitation settings, 
where they literally open massive bags of Lego on the table <laughs> and they'll say to people, build a little model in the next 10 minutes of your department's structure. Or, mm -hmm. and, you know, and then they'll take those little models and get people to explain their models. So if you ask them to just explain the model, uh, to explain their department, they go uh, about uh, stumble and stutter. But suddenly they've got this concrete object that they've made mm -hmm. from their own creativity. Um, and they're explaining it. And then they put all these models together to form the organization. And it, it's quite a remarkable process from, from two very good friends who use it a lot for for corporate facilitation it's it's becoming uh, it, it inspired me to go and learn about lsp to yeah. use in my own facilitation i love that it's very experiential learning and experiential techniques being used as a dance movement therapist i incorporate a lot of experiential learning in with clients as well as with my creativity coaching clients also but i love that they're use, utilizing Lego to activate the flexibility, new ideas, a way to express something in a, neat, a unique and new fashion for individuals. I mean, has gameplay become, for at least the, the millennials and Gen Zs and whatever, has it become part of their, their life, you know, multiplayer online gaming and you know um you know multi what do they call multiplayer online role play etc you mm -hmm. know how much uh, how much of their their creativity is going into that and 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 their focus as opposed to life <laughs> that is a very good question that i do not know the answer to <laughs> however there is a difference as like the difference between writing by hand and typing on keyboards there's a difference in experiencing play on a computer versus tangible Legos that you're building. So you're activating different areas of your brain and different aspects in that experience. Yeah. So I think we'll just put rail in the corner now and he can play with his blocks while we get on to tip number four. Well, tip number four for sparking creativity is engaging in mindfulness. So mindfulness, they experienced meditators have been discovered to be better problem solvers and to have their verbal creativity. So mindfulness really helps us reduce fear of judgment and in turn increases our confidence. It opens us up to new ideas. It improves our attention and makes it easier to register new ideas when they arise. So that active practicing of mindfulness now just to differentiate mindfulness and meditation are two sides of the same coin. Mindfulness, you can do anything mindfully. Meditation is, you know, typically sitting on a cushion. But mindfulness is a kind of has a bigger encompassing experience. So you could wash the dishes mindfully, you could eat a meal mindfully. And mindfulness is a a great avenue to spark creativity while you're allowing your mind to kind of percolate or rest on big ideas, allowing little new ideas to come up to the surface. So it's almost like we have to distract our brain to allow the good stuff to come through, isn't it? Yeah. 
<laughs> there is some of that. And with creativity, I, I think oftentimes um, people assume creativity is very action oriented. We're constantly doing something. And yet creativity needs rest time. It needs simmer time, the percolating time. So when we're reflecting or resting, creativity has more opportunity to integrate and synthesize in our system with our ideas, as opposed to constantly action-oriented production. I mean, is that, a, is that a function of where we're at? In other words, the world, you know, in, in, in the classical human resource context 20 years ago, people were happy with, you know, feedback every six months. You know, every six months they'd want a review of their work. Well, no, they didn't want it because everyone hated the, 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 the half-yearly review. But they got a review. Whereas mm -hmm. today, and, and I hate picking on particularly generational groups, they want feedback on a daily or hourly basis. Is that, is that clogging the brain? Is that clogging the creativity? The, the fact that we can't just be in the moment, be mindful. I don't know if I would call it clogging the brain or clogging creativity. I, I think there's an aspect of curiosity and wanting to incorporate new ideas that comes in. And so asking for feedback is one version of that, one way of staying curious and staying open to evolving with ideas and information. Um, and I think there's also, as you said, some generational piece of needing and wanting instant results or automatic, I'm going to do it and I'm going to automatically get the feedback so I can move on versus doing something, allowing it to simmer or be, and then receiving feedback at a later date or a later time. The tolerating, we talk about a window of tolerance in psychology, the window of tolerance for individuals can be very small, particularly when it comes to receiving or wanting feedback and that immediate gratification that comes with it. Yeah, I love it. So let's move on to our last tip, number five. What have you got for us? Our final tip is to try something new. So when we try new things, it is a great way to spark creativity. You have new problems to solve. When you try something new, you generate new ideas. It can help our brain create new connections, which in turn helps us, you know, discover kind of unexpected connections between our knowledge banks and the environment or the, the problem we're working on. So when we try something new, we oftentimes stay in that space of curiosity much longer than if we were to do something that we're very familiar with and find it hard. So we, we are actually easier on ourselves when we try something new because we're able to stay in that learning space or that, that place of curiosity. And if it's something we really want to learn or try, we spend more, even more time in that space. I've got one eye on the clock here and we are almost out of time, but I'm just going to run through the five tips again for our <laughs> listeners. So tip number one, go outside and go for a walk. Tip number two, write in a journal by hand because handwriting sparks creativity. I love that. 
Uh, tip number three, play a game. Again, sparks creativity. Number four, engage in mindfulness. And number five, try something new. Murray, it's been a real pleasure to have you on our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Thank you so much for having me. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Sustaining Creativity. My website is sustainingcreativity.com. And I do all sorts of things. You can also find my podcast on my website. You can set up a coaching session or a, a free coaching inquiry call, creativity call. I love to talk to people about creativity and support them to reclaim their creativity power in their life. Thank you, Mari. And thank you to my co-host, Lindsay Adams. This is Railbricker signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast.